Welcome to the Lighthouse Experiment, a Freedom Center Church podcast. Welcome back to another week here on the show. Mm-hmm. Chaplain Jim Parkin and myself, Ashley Chandler. Welcome. Welcome. This, so, is, a, this is a morning episode. This is a wild morning <laughs> we, episode. We got up and had her. So. That's good. Yeah, man. Good week. We packed up some snack bags. Dude, that, that made me a bit more homesick than I already was. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I, saw, I figured. I, I was like... Dang it! I, I would would have that stuff. I just love anyways. But right. I was I was so proud of my friends, and that was <laughs> like a, when I shared it on Instagram. I think I actually was like, I'm so proud, like so grateful for. I think I said my community. I was like, I took ownership. <laughs> I'm like, these are my people. They're yeah, amazing. Man. Well, it's cool, right? It's so we so have cool. We have all that stuff packed up. And then we have still plenty left over that we'll do, like, some laundry baskets for the fire department. Yeah. And then we're doing burritos for 4th of July, breakfast burritos, of course. And then um, that's it. So when are they being delivered? Or did you split them up to, like, everybody's – because you're going to take stuff to MMR, you and Dan? Yeah. So what I think we're going to do is stuff will go, like, MMR, Genesee. Some will go up to Saginaw. Hopefully, it'd be really cool. And then we'll see what I've got. No, distribute them out and stuff. If you take them up to, I don't know who the contact was at Saginaw, but I know that at one point we got a gift basket to my sister's hospital. Yeah. So if that happens, or we need a contact or something, let me know, and I'll reach out. I'll reach out to my sister because I know that meant a lot to them that time around and stuff. So Um, sick. That's that's just so cool. Um, yeah. How long did it take you guys to do all that? Not very. Probably about 45 minutes. That's cool. Put like four or five things in each one. There was, uh, I had all the little, like, notes that the kids wrote. I had most of them. Some of them got misplaced. Got Like, that happens Yeah. in a big church, you know? And so we did that. We had some contact cards we put in them and stuff. And so that That's was awesome. That. That's awesome. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Pretty good. Cool. Good stuff. So, I don't know what we want to talk about. You know what? I know what. We'll dive into something. So, it was pretty cool because we had everyone asking questions last week. Remember? Yeah. That was really fun. And then, let's see. Let me jump into this. Because so Pastor Jim asked a question later. It was like the next morning. But then the staff all answered his question. <laughs> not, <laughs> not knowing like what the, like, you know what I mean? So it was like, you know how like uh, base camp, how uh, the campfire, whatever chat works. Yeah. So the day changes and he asked the question and everybody saw it because it was in the morning time. Okay. So they were all answering, like, based on what their job, their ministry was. So it was pretty neat. But his question was, what advice would I give a young adult considering making this, like EMS or 
whatever first responder gig, their life's work. And then the second part was what keeps me in this business when I could be doing things that pay more and have less. And he put horror, comma, horror. Okay. So. That's good. I like that. Truth be told, I did not do well. And I was not a studious person. I didn't do, I just barely scraped by. Never considered doing something that would make a lot of money. Um, like I've spoke on before, kind of grew up in and around that kind of, uh, surf culture. So I was kind of a little lagger by nature. Um, but in the army, when I was in the army, when I was a private first class, I was a PFC, my, <laughs> my pre-tax monthly income was $963 a month. <laughs> I mean, of course, in the army, you have all your clothes and food, and right? All the things are provided, but <clears throat> so that was never really consideration for me, like money. Um, I, other than doing the, like fire stuff and that training and the medic training, I don't really feel like that I was ever wired to do anything where I would be making more money. So, like, I'm good. With, you know, I enjoy yeah. what I do and stuff like that. So, for me, that kind of thing, dollars and cents, was never a, a part of the deal. Um, but as far as, like, the bad stuff goes, I just think people need to feel like it's okay to be okay with it. Yeah. You know, there's it's yeah. a cool culture. It's a cool thing. You can have, like, the same stoke for doing this as guys have for snowboarding for a living or whatever it is you do yeah pastoral care ministry all the things it's okay to be stoked on what you do yeah you know even though the world kind of puts this dark cloud over it yeah you know and like we've talked about that before quite a bit yeah we see some gnarly things but like it's okay and just because lots of times a well-meaning society wants to put this like I'm going to go kind of out on a limb here, but a lot of times, in my opinion, uh, the post-traumatic stress disorder, the PTSD is yeah. like, is the fibromyalgia of mental health. And we don't know what to call whatever it is you have. So we're going to stick this yeah. label on you. Yeah. In the physical, like medicine side, we don't know why you're having all this pain. So we'll just say you have fibromyalgia. Right. That's kind of how that started. And then it, it, as it was researched and developed and stuff like that, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's a thing, but at first it's just, you know, it's just this like huge blanket kind of covering. And I think that some people definitely for sure do have post-traumatic stress. Yeah, they do. And that's okay. But not everybody has it and not everybody's got a disorder and that everybody's ruined by it and that everybody can't function. Right. And the more that I'm learning about stress and trauma, even from training and like my own like personal development and healing and journey and stuff is that the whole nature of life is that we're going to go through challenges and hardships Mm -hmm. and stress. And we all have to figure out how to navigate that. So really it's more of a continuum of stress and trauma are kind right. of on a continuum. And so for every different person, it's different. 
And then life events are different and work stressors and family stressors, relationship stressors are all different, right? right? So we all have to figure out what works well for us to mitigate and navigate through that stress. And I love what you said about like, you just kind of got to like, like accept it to a point of it. It's, it's part of. Right, man. Like if you didn't know, then you weren't paying attention. Like going into the military, going into like EMS or fire police. If you didn't know that you were going to see some gnarly things and and you were going to have to deal with that, then. Right. I I don't know if you belong. You know what I mean? I know that's harsh to say, but like if you really weren't paying attention that this could happen, then. Well, it kind of goes down to expectations, right? What are my expectations of this field? Okay, I know that I'm going to, it's going to be, so like one of the counselors for Prison Project, she knows doing trauma type counseling for families and children, Mm -hmm. she knows that there's like five different things that are non-negotiable for her to do for her own mental, emotional, spiritual, physical well-being each week Mm -hmm. because she's like, otherwise I know I can't do the job. Right. Because I can't take all this in and then expect that I'm going to perform well in my job because I didn't take care of the stress and the demands of doing right. the job. And so, and from what I understand, what I'm understanding trauma specifically to be is when people go through, when we go through something stressful and we don't feel like we have control or agency over it, we feel overwhelmed and out of control. So, like, this one book I'm reading right now, the difference between a demolition derby driver and somebody like average Joe that's in a car accident. They might mm-hmm. physically be in the same setup car accident, yep. uh-huh. but completely different experiences because one feels out of control and the other one was like, dude, I'm like, this is what I want to do. I'm driving around hitting cars yeah, for a it's living. 100%, 100% correct. So, physically... The experience may be different, but the the response in the brain and the body and mm-hmm. that person is completely different. And so I, I 100% agree with you that the expectations, being able to accept that part of it and then be able to, to do all what of whatever healthy things to help me work through that stress, decompress, process through, you know, whatever right. that looks like. Um, because honestly, even though I'm not in first response, I got to figure out how to do all those things with my life and the right. experiences and the stresses and the challenges that I face. Right. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, yeah. And that's yeah. like <clears throat> what I've noticed, you know, at the this part of my career, is I watch kids come in and they're burnt out quick. And my man, how is this how is this possible? But talking to them. Over and over and over and over, I see that, well, what has been infused in their brains through the socials and and all the things is that you do this. So now you have this disorder and you're messed up and you can hardly function in day to day life. And that's just it. And it's part of it. And and almost to it's like a badge of honor. Like I have post-traumatic stress. I'm like, well. Well, then do something with it. Like, <laughs> work the, you know. Yeah, don't be stuck there. Well, and, and like, and, and here's the thing, man. Like, like COVID did a number on me more than anything ever has. And then being in an agency that, like, and at this point, I don't even care who from that agency hears this. They did not take care of us well. 
during COVID because it's a smaller group and calls had to be ran. And we'd be like, dude, people are having trouble. No time. Run your calls. We understand. No, you don't. You don't leave this office. You don't understand. Yeah. Like, and it was, and it's not, I don't mean it to be a huge knock on their management team and stuff like that, but it's just, it wasn't handled well because there was not the, not, there wasn't the capacity. There just wasn't the, like the space, the time for it. Well, also the expressed, the expressed support. So uh, an employee expresses a need Uh and those that are looking out for them and are responsible for them don't provide support or even an expressed, Hey, we hear you. We see you. We're here with you. Whatever we can do, we will. I know we're limited. I mean, there's, there's a whole different way. Yeah. No. And, and the things, and you know, there's, there's to an extent they're following, there's also protocols needed to be followed. Yeah. Right. They're trying to not take a, have a smaller agency and having bunches of people get sick and then being out and then it makes it even smaller. So there's like, there's both sides of the coin. I understand. But like for me personally, it got like, it was just too much, too many extra things, too many things you couldn't do anymore. Too many, you know, too many people lost. And then, and then, well, we would like to have, Whoa, what's up, Sylvia? What's Sylvia doing on this morning? That's is she really, joining us? Is Sylvia joining us this morning? That's really funny because she does have my, I didn't think we were doing a meeting this morning. Hey. Did you just join? Ashley <laughs> 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 said I was going to touch base via Zoom at 9.30 and then I was like, oh, I'll jump on at 9.40. I had no idea you were on gym, but. I'm so sorry. This this is really awkward, and I'm so sorry. (laughs) All right, I'm leaving. No, no, no. No, stay. This stays on the show. No. So because we had the other stuff, the other like things that you were going to do this morning with the other inspections and stuff, I've I just I assumed I did not text you, and I assumed that we would catch up afterwards. Fine. So we were. Yes. Do you want to say hi and hello? (laughs) Welcome to the show. I'm gonna jump off. Hey, what what do you okay? What do you feel about people doing the job, like stressors in the job, and yeah, ask her the question, Jim. Yeah, so that's what we're talking about. Because you're the perfect person for this. I want yeah. People ask me a bunch of like a bunch of questions for last episode, but then pastor Jim had asked like, what advice would I give a young adult just getting into the job who could do something else for way more money? I I assume I understand him now when he asked me things and says things to me that he's low key talking about someone specific. Believe he was probably talking about Austin, but he asked me what I would like, what's the advice I have for people. And my answer this morning was, well, I really wouldn't have ever done anything where I was going to make more money. I'm just kind of set up for this, but what we've been talking about is so many people come in with the expectation because, uh, well-meaning society has kind of given them licensure over post-traumatic stress disorder. And so now you have it, you started this job and you're kind of coming in with it. So kind of in that regard, what do you think about post-traumatic stress? Do you think it's overused? 
Like how, how do you function with what you're about to embark upon by bringing these girls in and stuff like that? I think first I actually have to recognize it. Um, and it is, I believe it is a real thing. I mean, it's very hard to go from a young adolescent getting into a new field and then you're seeing something that might be completely different um, than they're used to. And <clears throat> that's where I believe that, you know, he was probably struggling with that because he, he almost felt guilty because he's seeing all these things that are right around the corner and then he doesn't know how to process it when he comes home to a, a good home life. And, and so it's just allowing yourself to process and understand um, and give yourself grace. And then, you know, just trying to do the best you can that day that, you know, you're understanding. It's just I, I, a lot of it. I really think it's just recognizing it and and just allowing you to feel certain things mm-hmm. to go through that process. And so, um, yeah, that would be. It's almost like coming off a missions trip, right? So you're just like, you see all these things, you're trying to figure out how to deal with them. And then, um, but if you do it slowly and just understand that, because a lot of times you're just blindsided. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, like, why, you know, I feel like this, what's going on? Well, I can probably tell you it's very hard to go from a, what you feel is a normal life to complete seeing everybody in their, their worst element. So that's what right. EMS is. You're you're seeing them firsthand in the crisis situation, and then trying to understand how to process all that. So. Right, and that kind of comes with with time, right? Yeah. And what I like the analogy with the missions trip because I remember when we went to um, Haiti on that first. I think you were on that first time, the first team that went down there. Yeah. When we came back, I remember two young dudes were, you know. Like I had told Ashley before that I was like eating Chick-fil-A and the Q double line. <laughs> I was like so hungry for like something yummy, you know what I mean? But like, and those two guys, I just don't think, I don't feel like I can eat because of what I've just seen. I'm like, dude, no, you're okay to be blessed to have been born in America. Yeah. Just recognize that other people weren't, you know, it's okay to, you know, live in a beautiful home in Grand Blanc. You just recognize that some people don't have that. And then understand what you're dealing with when you're dealing with it. You know what I mean? And it just, yeah, I've been doing this quite a few years longer, you know, so kind of the, the process of compartmentalizing everything and putting it in its space just comes with time. I agree. So, I mean, I, I know I've said this in the past. I think I specifically said this to Sarah Kern years ago of like, yeah, I don't think I could do that. I don't know how you do that. So, now, now I think that's a pretty dumb question, but I think it's a legitimate question from people that may not understand. So let me kind of ask you that in that way, like, how do you do what you do? How do you willingly set up a children's safe house for, for children that have been sexually abused and trafficked? How do you, how do you willingly put yourself in that space, Sylvia? knowing that you're going to have to deal with all of the facility stuff, all of the program stuff. I mean, you're, I I think I know some of, but I would, I would like this community to hear what you have to say about intentionally putting yourself out there to be um, a sane nurse, 
a physical examiner for, you know, assaulted, sexually assaulted victims, children, peds, you know, all this stuff. So kind of explain why, why, why would you even do what you do? Why would you do this job? Why do you do this? I mean, the heart behind it is that uh, children are the most vulnerable. So ever since I was like a pediatric nurse, I realized that I'm not there to harm them any further. I'm there to help them. So that's how I kind of compartmentalize it. Like I'm seeing them at the worst. I didn't physically do that act to them, but hopefully I can be the light to help them get through what they have been through. And so I just keep that in my mind. Yes, it's hard to see all the stuff that's happened, but I am there to hopefully hold their hand and walk them through that process. And that's how I get them through it or get through it because it's like, they're like, how can you poke a child or how can you do that? Well, in my mind, I'm doing it in order to help them. Um, So yes, do I get angry of the things that happen? And you know, all I can do is pray and try to get them out of that situation. So that's what keeps me going. Um, And obviously from God, because I have been super blessed with a huge community, a huge family. Um, I almost like want to give that back because nobody wants to do anything alone. Like I've learned that Love and consistency is the key, and that's what people yearn for, is that love and just the compassion. And um, so, yeah, I just, that just, that's that's why I do what I do. It's to help walk through very difficult situations that they didn't even, you know, ask for. And so that's where, mm-hmm. that's where my injustice comes from. It's like, you know, we're going to just throw them away like everybody else because some other human did this to them. No, like that's, that's where my passion comes from because it it's like, literally we have done this to, it's a trauma thing, right? So like it could have been completely prevented. And now we're seeing all these kids and all these things that are done to them and humans. And it's like humans doing it to other humans. I'm like, no, I mean, that, that should not happen that, you know, Right. Happen. And it's completely preventable. So it's like you're just these children and women and men and all that. And it's just like it just carries through the years. And if we can just like at least acknowledge it and help them through those, then they can, you know, hopefully have a decent functional life and break the cycle. And that's all it's about. Like it might not even be in now that the cycle gets broken, but like, and I may never see the fruit of that and I'm okay with that. And that's another thing you have to be okay with. Like you're there one day at a time, but nothing that, you know, if you're trying to help ultimately it's, it's going to make some kind of impact positively. So. Right. How I get to it. <laughs> right. Kind of a, and that, for us, for like the EMS provider, that's like the overdoser who you, you, you know, you get them used in Narcan, get them back over and over and over. Right. It's the same person over and over and over. And it's like, it's like you said, it's humanity, you know? And I think once you kind of get a, get a handle on how dehumanized kind of the world's become and what we will do to each other, you know, I heard a long time ago, and it's wild too, because it's nothing Christian or, prof- but I felt it kind of to be prophetic. I was watching Terminator 2, and at the end of it, the the lady, I can't remember the name of the character, but she's speaking, 
And what she says, the thing that has always stuck out in my mind is she said that it's, it's in our nature as humans to destroy ourselves, you know, and I just, and you see all of it, like all of the things, the stuff on social media, you see all the fighting, all the warring, you know, sex trafficking is like the money in that industry is just like, it's just crazy. The overdose, the violence, all this stuff is over and over and over. And I think like for you, Sylvia, and for me and stuff like that, for we do this thing. And as you get a grip on that, you kind of have a, maybe not an understanding, but a handle on the fact that these are the things, these are the facts. This isn't heaven. And this is how it's going to look here. But to be able to do, be in a position where like, just because of our nature, just because of what we've been called to do, you improve somebody's situation. You know, I think that's a, it's heavy, but it's like, it's a good heavy. You know what I mean? Definitely difficult, but rewarding. Like nothing like I've ever experienced. I mean, like it is, I mean, experienced before. I mean, I, I feel blessed that I was called to do such a, a task that, not many people want to do. Um, so I just have to look at it like that. Like God asked me to do this, um, just to be that light in a, in a, in a dark world until he's, you know, ready to come back. You find that like, because this thing has come to fruition super fast. I can, cause I can remember just being sitting around your table making plans in the kitchen you know and then it just blossomed has it been beneficial to be involved in a thing that's like for lack of better i mean it needs to be but it's a kind of a trending mission you know in america right now there's lots of agencies involved you know in in trafficking and stopping it and getting kids you know men women children out of it and stuff like that has that been a beneficial thing do you think to like the building of the of the home and all that stuff like do you, yeah. do you find more people want to be involved at least financially involved um i mean it's still yes i mean like when people know about it they do they do want to help in a lot of different aspects and That's i do cool. believe um genesee county has one of the better grips on being aware and like, because there's multiple disciplinaries that are involved. So you have the sheriff's right. department, you have the local child advocate center. We have the Y for adults. We have the hospitals involved. And it's just bringing that awareness. So it's just those awareness pieces that are coming out like, Oh, it's actually happening in our community. And then having such a community um, base to rise up and each of them doing their part. So that's kind of like yeah. the safe houses is like, you know, I'm just going to be a piece of the pie. So once they are rescued out and they go to their local child advocacy center for a forensic interview, then now we need to start, you know, restorative services. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's yeah. just bringing that awareness. And I just saw like, I think I just posted that, you know, Maxwell got, um, you know, 20 year sentence for her part of the Epstein. And it's like, you know, and then you just, do people realize what happens to the children afterwards? Do they know that there's no really place for them to go? And it's like, so it's like everybody has their, their peace. Um, like, you know, the sheriff's office is, you know, catching the bad guys and putting them in jail. The child advocacy center is doing, you know, helping 
um, work through some of that. And then ours would be like the long-term restoration services. So it's like, it's totally needed. Churches are coming together. Like I, this program, that's why I think it's, you know, God's at the center of it and it's just branching out. And so that's what I think why it happened so fast is just, I'm really, you know, he's at the center of it and it's on his timing and it's with the people he needs to be involved. And so, you know, we have a lot of, you know, coverage and, and prayer because it's such a, a dark topic and such right. a, that nobody really wants to talk about it. But the truth is, you know, starting to come out that it's happening, you know, right here. So, yeah. Well, and it's cool, right too, because I've, you know, heard you talk about before how you've had so many different avenues of your story, like, get woven together for this time. And, um it's really cool to know you and you're, I know that you would say about yourself, I'm just another person. I'm just a regular person. And so your, I mean, both your lives extend great encouragement to other people kind of in a way of like, when you get to know Sylvia Blythe, when you get to know Jim Parkin, you guys aren't wonder woman and Superman. You're, you're real human beings that have families and do the thing, you know, and I mean, even to, I mean, Jim, you and Carrie, just your, your, um, just the way that you are so good with your home and your finances, like, okay, so I don't make as much as some CEO, CEO in, you know, like Detroit Mm -hmm. or some big city, but I manage what I have very well. And so my family's blessed and provided for, and we have everything abundantly mm-hmm. that we need. You know, like it's all those details that I see in both of your families and both of your lives. And I think that that's just a great encouragement of that whole idea of, well, if they could do something like that, then I could do my part. I could do what God's called me to do. And there's encouragement in that, that if he's called me to do it, if I feel like I'm there's something in me to give, I, I can do that too. You know, so... I think, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm so sorry for like, you know, no, dude, so, this is good. I should have probably, cool. your, your admin assistant probably should have communicated better with you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Love it. Love having pop in guests. All right. Well, I hope this, you know, I just got out of the shower, you know, <laughs> I hope this isn't like video, like voice. Okay. But I'm just kidding. All right. I'm going to jump off, Ash. You'll have to. I'll see you in a couple minutes. Okay. All right. Bye. See ya. Bye. Bye, Jim. See ya. That was great. I love that. Was. that. I'm 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 glad that I didn't communicate with her. I love <laughs> that we got her perspective and um, yeah. it was good. It was good. So no. yeah, this I think yeah. that's a good kind of like jump like shutting down point, you know? But I just Yeah. It's just a thing. If you're if you're called into a thing, you you can handle it. You know, but I, I also will always advocate for if you're not, then you shouldn't you shouldn't be here. And yeah. your thing is out there somewhere, you know. Yeah. You know, like for well, speaking of Austin, he's going to go on. He's going to be a, an, a t- super talented, super compassionate doc somewhere, and that's cool. This season in EMS is was an important, it's an yeah. important piece of that. But 
for those who are called to do this for a lifetime, it's, you'll be able to, you'll be capable of handling it. But it's just, if you're not, <laughs> if you're not, then you're not, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, again, kind of some of the stuff that I was saying earlier this year and last year and stuff is we're capable more than we give ourselves credit for. So I keep mm-hmm. laughing about all the resiliency, all the things that we, that even in the last two weeks, in the last month for myself, and it's just Mm -hmm. doing new things. And if I, exactly what you said earlier, if I can kind of release myself to that process, be courageous enough to say, this is where I'm at. This is Mm -hmm. where I'm navigating. Okay. Now what, what can I do to be present and, and just be immersed in this and do something Oh gosh, I mean we have such capacity as human beings to to influence what's going on around us in incredible ways. And yeah. we have such a capacity to overcome great challenges, great adversity, great feats. And yes, there's a cost to those things, but with community support and great like tools, health tools mm-hmm. and stuff, I mean we we can we can do a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think we'll jump off there. Sounds good. That's good. So, yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. As always, thank you, Kingdom Builders and Freedom Center Church. And that's it. We'll talk to you next time. I have a guest for next week. It's going to be a pretty good show. I'll let you know on the day. (laughs) Sounds good. (laughs) All right. See See ya. ya.